Before you listen to Paranormal Exist, the podcast show, I just want to announce the bone-chilling journey that awaits you on Charlie's Chills podcast, exclusively on YouTube, search at C-H-A-R-L-I-E-S-C-H-I-L-L-S. Subscribe, and embrace the darkness that awaits. My name is Darren, and what I am about to share is a very real part of my life. Nothing is going to be exaggerated or worded to sound better than what it is, what happened, and I've tried to debunk it all myself with no such luck. First of all, I am not the world's best storyteller. I was kept off school more times than I attended and because of that, my grammar can be a bit sketchy. But I don't claim to be Shakespeare, I am a nobody, who will not really be missed when I pop my clogs. I am what I am, but I am honest if nothing else. Right then, let's begin. I was born in Lancashire in England in 1968 which makes me 54 by the time, this while you are listening. My parents split up when I was 7 years old and that is when my life went downhill, but that's not important. What is important is, where my parents lived and my dad who is 81 this year 2022, still lives in the same house that my parents bought in 1967. One of my first memories is screaming when I saw something in my bedroom which I shared with my brother who is two years younger than me. I saw something standing next to where my toys or clothes were kept, I can't recall exactly but it resulted in dad coming upstairs and trying to tell me it was the light off the TV. I must have been three possibly four years old. Back then, there was no TV in bedrooms, it was just a TV in the front room, but dad had to tell me something, I guess. What I was told many years later was, that wasn't the first time I had screamed in terror. I was informed by mum that whenever it was time for me to go to bed I would start playing up. Mum told me I was petrified every night of going to bed and I would start to scream whilst being carried upstairs. I was told that when my brother was born, I seemed to not kick off as much and every morning I would be in my brother's crib. I remember waking up in the middle of the night one time and something was sitting on my legs, and I started to scream because I could not get my legs free. The moment the bedroom light came on, my legs felt the pressure lifted immediately. I was around five years old by now and again, every morning I would be in my brother's bed or he in my bed. Back then, the two-bedroom stone terrace house had the bathroom which had been converted into the loft. Whenever I was having a bath and I was on my own, I would sense something was watching me. At that age I didn't know about ghosts or anything like that, so at five or six years old and I still remember this, that feeling something was looking at me and it would freak me out, but apart from the leg thing and me seeing something standing next to my toy cupboard, was all I could recall. Mum had started seeing this other guy at work and one night when dad had gone to work on the night shift, I recall mum waking up me and my brother and then we started to live with this new man in the next town. I was seven years old when this happened. It's funny, but I recall mum taking me on bus rides before this and we would visit this flat, and I was quite happy on this balcony looking at the bus tickets that I had started to collect. It's only many years later I realized mum was having this affair and I was put on this balcony so they could do rude things, I guess. 
Anyway, it was arranged that dad would have me and my brother every other weekend and we would spend Saturday night at dad's house. Dad had turned to drink, or he had always been a drinker according to mum, so we would often spend a lot of time in the pubs with dad. He would play cards and me and my brother would be happy with the occasional coke and a packet of crispy potato chips. Eventually over the years we would spend more time in the house while dad was in the pub just up the road. Nothing had changed, I was still scared to death at night and me and my brother would sleep in dad's bed. Dad would fall asleep on the sofa at some point. I am guessing I was around 9 or 10 now and this particular weekend was no different. I recall, it was getting late and dad wasn't back yet, and we knew he wouldn't be long, so me and my brother had gone upstairs and I recall being excited because dad had told us the next time he had us, we would be going to Blackpool. For those who are not great at places, Blackpool is a seaside town in Lancashire in England and about 55 miles from where we lived. We always got super excited and we would talk about what we would do and what not. So, we are on dad's bed, and I was lying down with my head on the pillow. The double bed was in the middle of the bedroom, but the headboard was right up against the wall. At the bottom of the headboard was a gap of about 12 inches, it was the style of the headboard. So, my brother is looking at me while we talk and then suddenly my hair is pulled very hard from behind. My brother sees my head go back with this tug and we both just start to scream. I know 110% I was lying with my head on the pillow, and I wasn't moving, so I know I had not caught my hair in something, and my brother saw my head go backwards towards whatever had just pulled my hair. Back then, longish hair for boys was quite fashionable so there was a lot of hair. I can't recall what happened next, but I presume we both stayed downstairs until dad came back. I also don't recall what excuse he came out with as to why my hair was pulled. I know one thing, we didn't stay in dad's bed again. I don't know exactly how much time had passed from the hair pulling to the next thing to happen, but I know the story is the same. Dad was at the pub, it was late and me and my brother had gone upstairs to bed. We now stayed in the back bedroom but still shared the same bed. I'm guessing I'm about 11 or 12 years old now, but with the past experiences, I could never imagine sleeping in a bed on my own. My brother was also scared so neither of us complained about the other being in the same bed. On this particular night, nothing had set us off to be afraid, yes, we are uneasy but that was the same every other weekend. We kind of just accepted something happening and it had been many months since the last ordeal, it might have even been a couple of years. But we didn't go to bed frightened by anything. I know this because we would not have gone upstairs to bed if we had heard or seen something. So, we are in bed talking when we hear footsteps starting to climb the stairs. That's weird, neither of us heard the front door open which with the pressure, always blew open the kitchen door. But yet we hear the footsteps on the stairs. I still remember my heart thumping in my chest with the fear and everything came rushing back from the past. I'm sure in real time all this would have taken no longer than 7 to 8 seconds to climb the stairs. They also had their unique sound, so it's not like you heard next door by accident. One stair at a time we kept hearing and quite quickly, these footsteps climbing the stairs had almost reached the top. We both instantly knew it wasn't dad and just before the footsteps hit that final step, the front door opened which blew open the kitchen door like it did, and we both screamed for dad to come upstairs. Of course, the footsteps stopped when the front door opened, 
but it was time to perfection. We told dad what we heard and yet again, he tried to say it was next door. I know he was just trying to play it down. Now if I was on my own, maybe my imagination might have had the better of me, but not, both me and my brother and especially not when it wasn't in our minds. I'm almost 100% certain what we heard was someone or thing on our stairs and definitely not next doors. Why didn't we hear movement from next door after dad had come home? So yeah, dad did his best to convince us otherwise. Eventually, mum and her fella who she left dad for, split up and we returned back to the same town where we lived, and this brought an end to staying at dad's house. We could visit him anytime now and I had no need to stay there ever again, yuppie. If only, mum didn't waste any time looking for a new man and I was 16 when I decided to leave to go live with my cousin at my aunt's house. I didn't leave on great terms with my mum, she wanted me to pay housekeeping to the same amount she lost when I left school. The problem with that was, I was paid £25 a week on a youth training scheme. I was to be trained up to drive all kinds of transport from forklift trucks, a car license and then onto 7.5 ton class 3 heavy goods vehicle, then class 2 and then onto the big 40 ton class 1 vehicles. Then finally onto public service vehicles, all the way up to driving double-decker buses. A dream training job, the only problem being, it was 8 miles away and needed 4 buses in total to and from the training site and it cost me £4 or £5 a week for a bus pass. But mum had lost £23.50 with me leaving school and that's what she wanted. I didn't even have enough for the bus fares. With that and the fact mum's new partner sided with mum, and we didn't see eye to eye anyway, I packed my stuff together and moved out. Due to me missing a few days because I didn't have the bus fare, I was kicked off the training course and it took me years to forgive mum for that. What an opportunity one had and all for free. But a new chapter had begun. Me and my cousin had become close since I moved back to the same area as the rest of my family. We spent a lot of time playing asteroids or football manager on the ZX Spectrum and many a night all through the night. We would walk the streets in summer at all hours. For some reason he was also scared to death of ghosts. I still do not know the reason why. From memory, he had not seen anything. Everything was okay for around two years. I was working in a paper mill which my gran had managed to sort out. Again, it started as a youth training scheme but we were all taken on after the 12 months and I was earning good money for an 18-year-old. But unfortunately, I was made redundant when the paper mill decided to move over to Ireland. I wasn't stressed about losing my job, I didn't drink or smoke or do drugs. I was starting to get into girls a lot more and I had started to see this girl. But it was very early days and I still liked to hang out with my cousin playing this football manager game. This one particular evening, we were all in bed at my aunt's house and for some reason, I could not sleep. I was on the top bunk, sandwiched between two bedrooms. I was just lying there and then I hear this rocking noise. It was weird because everyone was asleep, so no one was up or moving around. Straight away, it brings it all back about my dad's house and being petrified and I recall just lying very still with goosebumps all over my body. This noise is like a rocking noise, and it sounded very near to where I was. After about 5 minutes it's still going, and I need to look what's going on. I lift myself up and turn my head round to look in the direction of this noise. 
What I see absolutely shifts me up. I see a pram that once had the kids in at some point and this pram is at the top of the stairs where it's always been. Not right at the top ready to fall down the stairs but pushed up against a wall towards the top of the stairs. I see it's rocking, like a mother rocking a pram to make a baby go to sleep type of rocking. I 100% know, no one is rocking that pram, but here it is. I can see it and hear it and that was me done. I can't recall if I waited until the next day or left that house immediately afterwards, but I know, I never slept in that house again. I was scared stupid. I now had a dilemma, I had nowhere to go. Mum's was a no-no, I can't stay at my aunt's house now. My brother was in another town living with a girlfriend. So, I had to do it, I had no choice, but to move back into my dad's house. But I had a plan. Dad worked 5 nights a week 10pm to 6am on to Friday and sometimes weekends as overtime. I could sleep with the light on and the radio going. That way, I wouldn't hear anything. I was of course open to being assaulted again, but I had no choice, and it was now many years since that happened with no repeat. It worked out a treat, I set the alarm for 6am so I could turn the light and radio off. I would still stay downstairs watching TV until I was so tired, I knew I'd drop off to sleep immediately after going to bed. This is mid-80s so no TV in bedroom yet. The next thing to happen was on a Saturday night. Dad was working overtime and I felt good after seeing my girlfriend that night. So, like normal, I was downstairs watching TV late into the night and this horror movie had started. Due to my fear of ghosts, I could never watch a horror movie. Alien, Nightmare on Elm ST, Friday the 13th was all considered too scary for me to watch. I can't recall the movie that came on, but it was a horror film and I turned it over. Back then, it was still just 4 or 5 TV channels in the UK. So, I turned it over to match something else and I dropped off to sleep on the sofa. The remote was on the floor like I always placed it. The next thing, I wake up and I instantly know it's not the same program that was on. It must have ended, and a horror film must have come on afterwards straight after the thing I was watching. The remote is still on the floor and go to grab it so I can turn it over. I do turn it over and now I'm super spooked because I've turned it back over to the channel I was watching before I fell asleep, and the TV was on the horror film again. I instantly know, I would never have turned it over to the horror film. It is possible I could have turned it over in my sleep. I even thought someone with the same TV could have turned it over with a similar remote, but it was like 2am in a small town, but who goes around at that time with their remote turning over TV stations at 2am when they didn't know who had the same TV sets. So that's been dropped. Could I have really reached out to grab this remote and turn it over within 10 minutes of me falling asleep? At least that can be semi-explained. I end up getting my first proper girlfriend pregnant. Her parents kick her out and she starts to live with me at my dad's and I can't recall anything happening. But then again, we were given a house due to our circumstances within a few weeks. From there, I leave her to live with another girlfriend who happened to be my first love despite her being my second partner and she becomes pregnant very soon afterwards and we live together for around three years. All uneventful in regard to ghosts. She eventually dumps me and I'm heartbroken. I had a job that involved working away all week and while I was away, a group of lads kept my partner entertained and she eventually told me she wanted to do things that she could not do while me and her were together. 
if she had just cheated on me, it would have been better for me to handle, but it hurt like hell for 18 months and serves me right for dumping my first partner. Me and mum had made up our differences and mum invited me to stay with her until I got back on my feet. Little did I know it was going to be about four years. I swapped working away and decided to work at the factory instead on nights after dating the boss's daughter. This way I could not be sacked, but it didn't last long anyway. But I found working nights was the best job in the world and after the factory received noise complaints, it was decided that the six-man night shift would change blades on these granulators that chewed up metals. It was this, that was making all the noise while running at night. So, a 10-hour shift working for at least 9 hours suddenly turned into a 1-hour job being paid 10 hours. So, we had a lot of time to do what the hell we wanted and yes, we did. We would go over to the pub or take drives out when it was summer, if you wanted any job, it was ours. Imagine being paid to play cards for 8 hours a night. What happens next, boy? How do I start to explain this? Hopefully, you now know a bit about me, how I feel and how I operate. What comes next is something that a lot of people will believe it's a load of bollocks and that's their opinion. I have absolutely nothing to gain by what is you are going to hear next. I have tried for almost 30 years to debunk what I'm about to write and I can't. This happened 100% and nothing is exaggerated. If anything, it's played down. I have said on many occasions, I will do as many polygraph tests as possible to prove what I say actually happened the way it's told. So, one night at work and after playing cards for a while, I start reading this newspaper and I read a piece about an 18-year-old girl called Lisa, she had taken just two paracetamol and unfortunately she had a reaction and she died. The article was to highlight the dangers of taking something like paracetamol. I read the article and read it again and I remember, this is about 30 years ago now, feeling all emotional. At that age, I was nothing like I am now, so it was weird for me to get emotional, but I couldn't shake this story off my mind. Even days later I'm still very upset about this poor girl. So, I tell mum and she say, why don't you ask for her via the spirit board? I recall saying to mum, can you do it please because of my experiences at dad's house? I was shit scared of ghosts and spirits and I had never done the spirit board ever. Anyway, mum said no, like mums do. Again, a day or two went by and still I cannot get this girl out of my head. Everyone is out of the house at home, and I think bollocks to it, I'm doing the spirit board. So, I set it all up and I'm scared shitless, but this thing about this girl was eating me and I just had to do it. So, I start and ask for this girl Lisa. The glass starts to move very slowly, and I ask, are you Lisa? The glass goes to no and I explain what I am doing. I cannot recall exactly what happened next, but I either say thank you and close it down, or I have another go at trying to contact this girl, Lisa. But for argument's sake, let's say it was the same time just after the first conversation with the first spirit. So, I try again, and the glass starts going round in circles and I'm bricking it. I know I am not pushing it and it keeps going round and round this table. I say I am trying to reach Lisa, the girl in the newspaper, and it immediately stops going round in circles and it goes to yes. Yes, what I ask. Are you Lisa? And it again goes to yes. I still remember the hairs on my neck standing upright and on my arms. I get this warm feeling go through my body. I knew then it was the girl. 
I do not know how, but I just knew. Again unfortunately, I can't recall what was said or asked but I recall feeling great when I ended that session on the spirit board. Almost immediately afterwards, I get this sensation with the hairs on my neck and arms and it's like someone blowing softly on your neck, you know, when you get all goosebumps. I don't say anything about it and put it down to being over the moon with excitement about what had happened, but for about two to three days this kept happening, way more than it ever did, and I eventually tell mum what I did and what keeps happening to me. Straight away she says, I bet you didn't upturn the glass afterwards, did you? Come to think of it, no I didn't, I just put it back, which was upturned back into the cabinet. Mum tells me, the spirit cannot leave unless you free it by turning the glass. So, I find a quiet place in the house and set it all up and straight away Lisa came through. I apologized and pretty much leave it at that. There was nothing about ever talking again, I felt that was the journey's end. If only that, was it. I would say maybe a day or two later, I start to think I'm going potty. I keep hearing this voice in my head. Never before had this happened, but the voice says, please visit a spiritualist church. This was so weird because, I was not religious, I had never heard of this kind of church, and I was hearing a voice in my head. If it happened once or twice, I could dismiss it, but it was like a constant reminder. So again, I ask mum and explain what's going on. She says, she wants to tell you something and I should go. Seriously, you think I should go? Well, she really is not moving on or away from you, so yes, you should go. It must have been two weeks before I finally give in and I find the nearest spiritualist church and lucky me, I still had time to go to this church then onwards to work and still not be late. So, this is late 1980s maybe early 90s. I get to this church, and I am in my work clothes and because it's a dirty job changing blades on a big granulator, I don't look my best let's put it that way. So, I enter and sit down away from everyone and there's about 12 to 15 people sat down. I do not know what to expect either. It starts off with an introduction, then songs are sung and then prayers and I'm thinking this is definitely not for me, but I go along with it, because hey, I was told to go by this voice in my head. So, service over, and then the medium starts. She talks to this lady and then that lady and the lady over there and then this man and then this younger girl who I noticed, I would say was suffering from some learning difficulties, not that that matters, it's just what I remember. The medium speaks to about seven people and then says, okay, that's me done. Thanks so much for coming everyone and I'm like, what, huh, what about me I'm thinking? Well, that's just great. I am so annoyed, I didn't stay for refreshments that was offered and off I went to work. I didn't drive back then, so I had time to think about things as I walked to work, and I just laughed and said thanks mum to myself. Almost straight away, this voice again says, you have got to go again, you've got to go again. I chatter away to myself saying, no way, I've done what you asked. I feel a fraud because I'm not religious and thank god, sorry, I did not speak to anyone at the church. So, I pretty much dismiss it. Well after that night shift, I get home and explain it all to mum, I say, I cannot go again. Mum says, but maybe she had to wait her turn and time ran out. Seriously? Spurts must cue to, unbelievable I say. So eventually I say fine, I'll go again, but this is definitely it. So, the next time was on the following Saturday evening. 
At least I could look presentable and this time there's a lot more people inside. I think to myself, no way am I getting spoken to. But I do what I have to and go along with the hymns and prayers and then the medium is introduced. She literally took the microphone off this person, and she says, I'm sorry, but before I begin, I have to give this to that young man over there, and point straight to me. I say, me. And she says yes, wow. I have this young lady who's extremely keen for me to give you something, the medium says, it's like she wants you to have this for what you have done and I say okay, she then says, it's a big pink heart and this is her gift to you from her. I literally go cold all over my body with goosebumps and all the hairs on my neck stick up. Words cannot describe the feeling I had when she told me that, it was unreal. Once she gives me this message she says, I have another two spirits with me who belong to you, she says I have an older gentleman and I have a teenage girl and the girl is a little shy. Yet again the same emotional reaction I have. The things this medium told me was impossible for anyone to know. When I said about my first time to the church and said I spoke to no one, well I didn't. But this medium, wow, I was told my family name, my birth sign, and the month of my birthday. I am not saying she guessed it or fished for the answer like you see, no, straight out with it time after time and remember, this is pre-internet and Google and mobile phones. I did not write anything down the first time and although I can't recall where this medium had come from, it was miles away from the church I was at. In other words, there was no way she could have known me or even my mum, but she told me things that only I knew. She named a good mate who I had forgotten all about who died on a motorcycle, and she told me the make and color and his first name, Martin. She was absolutely unbelievable, but at that time, I did not know that she was one in a million. I thought this was how good mediums were because it was my first experience with one, I found out many times after, she was miles and miles better than the rest combined. It's 30 years ago now so remembering anything else is now forgotten, but wow, she was something special. Also, there was only one week in the year that I could be that star sign in that month, and she nailed it. But not only that, at the time, I had only lost two members of my family. That was my granddad and my teenage cousin who topped herself and we grew up quite close. This was why when I was told I had this older gentleman and this teenage girl with me, I went all goosebumps again. She spoke to me for easily 10 minutes and everything she said was bang on. I have yet to meet anyone else that good since. It's not like I'm behind the door either, I know about scams and cons and fishing techniques, but when it's told to you like she did, she either had to know me more than anyone else including my parents or best mate or well, there isn't a all. But this is going off topic, so I will get back to it. I can't recall when I next went back to the church, but the next time I did it was during the week because I had work, and I know, I had work because of what happened next. This next time I attended, there were a few trainees on stage, and they were encouraged to speak out if they had received anything. Again, straight away, this woman stands up and says, I have a message for this guy and points to me. Again, I'm told, there is a young lady who wants me to tell you something. I can't recall exactly what she said, but it involved me being the most caring person and she just had to tell me. Words along those lines. But that wasn't the best of it. I was not spoken to that night apart from that little message and afterwards I start to make my way to work, walking the couple of miles. But the instant I start to walk, I have this tune come into my head. 
over and over, I can't explain it, but it's the same tune. I do not know this tune and I'm racking my brain trying to think what this tune was and where I had heard it, but I couldn't. I get to work, and this tune is still in my head, and it reminds me of when I read the story about this girl, it's the same, I just can't get this tune out of my head. For my job I work alone and whilst doing my job, I would get a snippet of the chorus to this tune. Then a bit more and a bit more. No word of a lie, and I still have the paper I wrote it down on, but during that night shift and by morning had arrived, I knew every word of this song. Like I said, I wrote it out, and I asked all the night shift guys if they had heard of this song, and no one did. It's like when you learn something and you can replay it in your mind, and you know it from top to bottom, that was me with this song by early morning, but I was now getting annoyed because I didn't know the song. I get home and ask mum and straight away she says, I know that song, I sing it all the way through, well not exactly sing because I'm the worst singer alive, but the words came out. Mum digs around for a bit and finds this record in her collection and put it on the record player and I sing it word for word. How can that even be possible? I've tried for 30 years to explain that and I'm still no closer. It's not like mum had played it ever and I had not lived there that long since returning after leaving when I was 16 and mum never played her records, ever. So, what's so important about this song? Well, it's the title and yes, there's another goosebump moment. The record was called, dedicated to, the one I love by the mamas and the papas. From there, things moved on a more slower pace, that was because I started to have conversations with this girl but through my mind if that makes sense. It's the same way that tune and the words came into my head, they are just there, it was the same with this voice. The best way to describe it is, how mediums gets their messages, they get spoken to and they listen, it's the same thing. Only small conversations at first but over time they became longer and longer and in time I stopped going to this church. There was no need now and remember when I said I was spoken to again and on many occasions, but they all failed to impress. I could never place names or places and so I had no need to carry on going now. I can't recall too much of what happened over the next 6 to 12 months. I did keep a diary and I wrote quite a lot of what went on, but for the sake of trying to keep this answer readable without falling asleep, I will not bore you with small snippets of conversation. I do recall getting these weird goosebump moments and it would make me smile because, I knew she was close. I say she, I have not mentioned her name since the beginning, but she's called Lisa. So, I would get these random moments and every time it felt amazing and so emotional. I would say about 12 months on from our first encounter, she did have one more thing to share with me and I had no idea what was going to happen. It was about 2am during the weekend, a Saturday if I recall. Being a night worker, I often found it hard to sleep during the night and this night was no different. I would sleep on the sofa during the weekend, like I said, I had broken up with my first love and wanted to get away from that area and this was only going to be a temporary move until I got back on my feet. Some years later. Anyway, back to this night. I get up to use the bathroom and get back under the sleeping bag on the sofa. I can't recall how the conversation started, but I was having this conversation with Lisa in my head when I got back comfortable on the sofa. She then asks me if I would like to experience something. No description, just would I like to try something. Okay, this is new I recall. I ask, does it hurt? No, you will be okay. 
So, I say, yeah okay, what is it? She tells me to lie flat on my back and I remember my legs hanging over the other side of the sofa. I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen, I swear, but I am a little curious. I remember thinking, she was going to show herself, like a ghost. But remember, the only thing I've experienced are these random goosebumps and a warm fuzzy feeling every so often. So, Lisa asks, if I'm ready, I make sure I'm comfortable and say yes. The moment I say yes, oh my god. I get this feeling of pure ecstasy, is the only way to describe it. Words cannot do it justice. It's like, I've been plugged into this machine and every molecular in my body is dancing. Not to be crude or anything but take your best ever orgasm and times it by a 100, okay maybe 10. But that's 10 times better than your best ever orgasm, no word of a lie. It lasts well over 30 35 seconds. There's no stomach tension like just before the orgasm, or that feeling down to your toes, no, it's through my entire body and then it stops. It might be 30 years ago now, but I still remember that feeling like it was 10 minutes ago. Words are not enough to do it justice, it's just incredible. I have never taken drugs, but I'm guessing, when you inject yourself with a drug, and you feel this thing flow through your body and that bliss you feel afterwards, then multiply that by a factor of 10 maybe even more and you should get a sense of just how powerful this was. Even remembering this now, I have goosebumps just thinking back to that moment. I ask her, what have I just experienced? And the reply was, would I like it again? Uh, silly question really. So again, I say yes and again it's the same instant sensation throughout my body and it feels slightly more intense than the first time and maybe slightly longer too. It may have been exactly the same, but it felt stronger. But seriously, I have never ever felt anything in my life like that, it's very hard to put it into words. It seems like every atom in your body is dancing with this vibrancy that is so hard to compare it to. Those two or three seconds right before an orgasm, but by a factor of 10 and 30 seconds longer if you can imagine that and before too long the second occasion had ended. Just a side note, there was no stuff that happens during an orgasm, but more importantly, I knew 100% I had got up and used the bathroom upstairs and I was still awake due to being a night worker, so always found it hard to sleep at weekends. So, zero chance of it being a wet dream of some kind. If I thought, it remotely possible I would say just that. I don't have to impress anyone, you take it or leave it, it honestly doesn't bother me. I'm just sharing everything that's ever happened to me throughout my life. I've tried to debunk everything and things that could be explained, I have not included at all. Lisa would not tell me what it was, Lisa also never repeated it again either and I've asked for the last 30 years, just once more please. But no. I never told a soul about that, not even my mum and we would speak openly about everything. I mean, what do I say, oh by the way mum, Lisa made my body vibrate with such a force that an orgasm will never ever compete with what I experienced last night. No, I never said a word to anyone for quarter of a century, I know I did not imagine it, that I do know, it was very real, but no matter how much I begged, it's never been repeated. Eventually, I decided to share what happened to me that night here in this podcast. I'm now at that stage of my life where I don't care if people believe me or not. I know what I've been through and so like I said, I eventually shared that night here with you all. Surprisingly, 
I did look it up and it was 100% there in front of me exactly what happened to me. I had a sexual encounter with a spirit. It says it there in print, an orgasm will never compare to what you experienced, and you will forever seek it again. It also says that those who are fortunate enough to experience that feeling, will also be a spirit when it's time. So at least I know now, and I have to say, it's correct, I have always asked for it to be repeated and an orgasm never has compared to it, but still, I wait. I know peeps think mediums are con merchants, 99.9% .9 probably are, but I can't get away from how spot on this medium was. If she fished for her information, I would say that, but it's pretty hard when she nailed it time after time. The same with the spirit board, there was only me in the house and me touching the glass. There's just too much happened for it to be coincidental and if I read my diary, I could probably tell you more unbelievable things. I have a couple more experiences to share and they are not related to the above. Touch wood. This is the last experience I've had with a ghost shall we say and it's been around 25 years ago now. I met an ex-partner now, when my mum married for the last time back in 1996. The reception was at a pub near to where I lived so about two miles away. I started the day with one girlfriend, danced and swapped tongues with a girl on the dance floor. I was then dumped by first girlfriend, dance girl disappeared and so I flirted with the barmaid who was working behind the bar at the reception, and she became new girlfriend. The next day, mum and new stepdad and me, went back to the pub to have lunch and say thanks for a great day. Barmaid girlfriend was there, and we ended up going out from that day and we had a good three years together. I did know the owners of the pub from when they had another pub. When I turned 18, I would frequent this pub and the owner took it upon himself to teach me how to play pool. Many a night we would play pool, well into the early hours of the morning and I became quite a decent pool player. I eventually signed up to the pool team and had some good laughs over the years. I can't recall why they left that pub, but it was a nice surprise when I bumped into them again at mum's wedding and their new pub. This helped the relationship of my new girlfriend who was the barmaid and over time, I would spend more and more time at the new pub until I started to work there and joined their pool team. By three years together, I was one of the staff and I was trusted to run the reception room on many occasions. I loved the job because every week it was a new set of people celebrating a birthday or a wedding and being an outgoing guy, I got on with a lot of the punters. After the bar had closed and the guests had all left me and my partner would clean up the function room. On this particular night, I can't recall why, but I was too tired to clean up after another good evening. This was the first time it had happened, and I asked if it was okay for me to come back early the next morning to clean the function room and this was agreed. So next morning, it's a Sunday, I make my way to the pub and find it's just the landlady who is in the kitchen prepping food ready for Sunday lunches. Peter her husband was out somewhere in the car, I say hi, and make my way upstairs to the function room. God, what a mess I think to myself. So, I make a start and start collecting all the empty pint glasses and wine glasses. I am about an hour into cleaning up and I hear a laugh, it's a little girl's laugh. I stop whatever I'm doing and listen again, nothing, so I carry on doing what I was doing. About another five minutes and I hear her again, and this time it's longer. I place the laugh inside the owner's bedroom, which is next to the function room. It's clearly a little girl laughing, and I remember smiling thinking the owner's grandchild must have arrived and think no more if it. 
I'd say about an hour later and I eventually finish cleaning and during that last hour I keep hearing this laughter. Sometimes longer laughing sometimes short bursts of laughter. I think to myself, it's weird that Dot the owner or her daughter who I am friends with have, have not checked in on the little girl or popped their head in to see how I was getting on or to say hi, but think nothing more of it. All done, I go downstairs and into the kitchen. Dot is still prepping but she's on her own. I say to her, I heard your grandchild having a lot of fun whilst I was cleaning up. Dot kind of turns round and says, her grandchild isn't here. Huh, I say, but I heard her laughing upstairs, she's in your bedroom. Darren, Dot says, they aren't coming up this weekend. So, who is in your bedroom then? I ask. No one, it's just me and you. But I heard laughing, again I say. Darren, then she breaks off, oh that little girl, Dot says. You don't need to worry about her, she haunts upstairs, just like that Dot says. She's harmless, she just likes to laugh sometimes, she continues to explain. Now before I go further, Dot never knew about me and my fear of ghosts. It's not something I go around telling anyone, but throughout my childhood and some of my adulthood, I have been physically attacked and heard lots of weird stuff at my dad's house which you've now listening. Such is the fear of my dad's house, that at 54, I will still not be left in that house on my own or go upstairs when it's dark. It scarred me for life, and so whenever I become aware of anything ghostly, I cannot go back to that place. So, with that bit of history and getting back to me discovering that upstairs in the pub, I work at was haunted now by this little girl, who I am sure is perfectly harmless, was the end for me. I quit that job the same day and that caused me and my barmaid partner to end our three years together too. Such is the fear and no doubt caused by dad's house. I can't move into anywhere old in case it's haunted, I immediately know if it's a good place or bad place, I just get this vibe. Even just 10 years ago when my then 85 year old gran was taken ill and was in hospital and I had traveled up to be with her and stayed in her little flat, I knew within 5 minutes something was not right in that flat. Again, lights and TV on and I stayed just that one night, but when gran was out of hospital and back in her flat, I kind of got onto the subject in talking if she believed in ghosts or spirits. That's when she began to tell me about the old lady who would often appear at the bottom of her bed. Yep, I went so cold with goosebumps all over my body when she told me that. Not a surprise that I never stayed there again. Even now, me and my present partner of 20 years, we live in a house that's newish and the reason why we've lived here renting for the last 18 years, because there's no bad vibes. The thing that gets me, going back to the pub is this, I could be a guy who absolutely does not believe in ghosts at all. If I was that guy and everything about the function room was repeated and I heard the same laughter of the little girl and knowing it was just you and Dot in the pub the whole time, how could you not believe in ghosts afterwards? You may try and dismiss it, but knowing what you heard, without any prior knowledge so not to be swayed in thinking your brain is playing tricks with you. How could you possibly deny what you heard and that's what gets me. I am not religious and that's probably because, I have never had an experience that's led me to believe in Jesus or God and the same can said for UFOs. I saw something once that to me could only be a UFO and so I believe in that. 
So, unless you've had an experience with a ghost, there will always be people who say it's a load of tosh, well, until you hear or see something that can't be explained. I did say, I had two more experiences, well this is the second, the missing slipper incident and although it's not scary, it's definitely weird, but let me know what you think, and this is it then I promise. Me and my partner were preparing to go upstairs for a nap on a Sunday about 4pm. This is roughly 8 to 10 years ago now. We turned off what needed to be turned off and the last thing I did was to take off my slippers. Wifey went upstairs before me and I know 100% I took off my slippers and left them at the bottom of the stairs. This was very common of me, the times I had forgotten to put my slippers back on after being upstairs was hundreds of times, I'm sure and it always resulted in either me or wifey going back upstairs to retrieve said slippers. An hour or so passes and we head downstairs. We go down together and when I reach the bottom of the stairs, I go to put my slippers back on. The problem is, there's just one slipper and I say to wifey, have you moved my slipper? She answers, no, and asks where I left them. I say, bottom of the stairs like I always do. We searched for about an hour on the Sunday but no slipper. I'm now convinced wifey took it and wifey thinks I hid it. I know of course I didn't hide it and we piece together exactly what happened. After the hour passes, we go about our business and leave it at that. The day after, we practically turn the whole house upside down looking for this slipper. We live in a small one-bedroom house, so you can imagine just how long it took us to search the whole house and during that time no slipper. We don't have close friends in our area where we live, and no one has a key to our house. The position of the stairs makes it impossible for anyone to take the slipper via the mailbox via a line of some sort, yes, we thought of everything and anything to come up with a reason the slipper went missing. So, the only explanation is, wifey took it despite it being impossible because I was the last one upstairs and we came down together, but that's the only answer we can come up with. A full three days later and during that time, I had purchased another pair of slippers, which is why I know wifey did not take the slipper, because she would never do this, or carry it on for this long and would no way let me buy another pair of slippers knowing she had hide it. So, Wednesday afternoon and we go for another nap upstairs and the same thing happens. Wifey goes up first and I follow immediately after her. Nap over and I go downstairs first with wifey behind me. You know what's coming, don't you? That's right, in the same spot where I left my slippers on Sunday, my other slipper is exactly where I left it on Sunday. I turn to wifey and say, absolutely no way is that slipper there. She looks at me and we both just start laughing and saying yeah nice one to each other. But over time, we know neither of us hide it. It just cannot be done once we piece everything together. How can both of us miss this slipper for three days? It's again impossible for it to be there all this time without either of us tripping over the slipper. We did have another time when I placed my driving glasses down whilst I put my jumper on, only for the glasses to disappear without a trace. This time though wifey did find them a couple of days later on the opposite side of the front room, under the radiator. But there is an explanation despite it being extremely unlikely and because of this, it is not counted. It's just weird, that within 20 seconds, the glasses vanish, and I needed those glasses to drive a 500 round trip by car. So, it's not like I can explain, like this as an answer without putting everything together. But the slipper story is beyond weird.
The fact it's two of us who witnessed the slipper not there and wifey still swears to this day it wasn't her and I know it's not her. She would never do this in the first place and by some miracle it was her. She would absolutely no way still deny it after this length of time. But that's the only answer I can give. Wifey thinks I did it, but of course I know I didn't. We have lived in this house for 18 years now and no one has a key. It's only happened twice with the glasses being the only other time and we were both in the room when they went missing. Like I've stated, they were found on the other side of the room, behind the radiator on the floor, which in itself is near impossible. I would be very interested in any suggestions as to why or how this could have happened. We thought about someone breaking in, but wifey is such a light sleeper, she can hear a spider spinning its web in the other room. Okay slight exaggeration, but I've never known anyone to be this light in sleeping. I spoke about tripping over the slipper even if both of us had some sort of brain freeze that prevented us from seeing the slipper and with the house being so small it's 110% certain it would have been kicked during those missing three days. We have thought of absolutely everything to answer this mystery. Having watched the British series, Spooks recently, I guess someone could in theory pick the front door lock and take said slipper so quietly that wifey would not hear and then return the slipper three days later. Crazy idea for sure. So that's it. My experience is throughout my life. I am not religious, I have never been told by Lisa about any god or Jesus, admittedly, I have never asked but it was never brought up and considering what we have both been through, I suspect if she knew I wasn't religious and it did exist, I would have been told, but that's just my opinion. I still, continue to visit my dad who is 81 soon and still lives in the same house. He still says, he's never experienced anything, but my dad is very hard to convince of anything anyway. Even if he did experience something, he is most likely to say it was his imagination or he was drunk than say yeah, I saw something. His partner of 34 years is also shit scared of that house and that's without me saying anything about the house to her. She is never left alone in the house at night and if dad goes out, she comes with him. We don't speak that often and it was years before I even spoke to her at first due to one thing or another. So, it's weird that she is scared of the house. I'm now 54 and am I old enough to spend a night in that house on my own? Not a chance. I do have to make a decision when dad is no longer with us. I have thought if rigging the house up with cameras to see if it picks up anything, but that's just an idea. My brother James says his experienced things when he moved back in for a time, but he handled it better than me. But then again, he was not physically attacked or scared shitless before he came along. I do believe and although, I can watch a good horror these days, I still get uneasy. This is true of mum's house even today. She died suddenly in 2012 and left my half-brother John who has a mental age of just 8 despite being 39. Over the years, I fought for John to keep mum's house for himself and out of the care system. Me and James look after him and I visit about once every three months and I stay a few nights and in mum's bed. But I still get the scary moments some nights and I sleep with the light on and that's my own mother. However, it is better than it was. I started on the sofa and only moved into mum's bed after a friend of mum said, she's not going to harm her own son. She did have a point, but I still get scared sometimes. The last time I was up there was just two weeks ago, and every night I was spooked by something and so the light went on for the rest of the night. 
the thing with Lisa isn't that much these days. I still try and convince myself she's still here, but truth of it is, I haven't felt her or spoken to her in years. I still try and talk to her in my head from time to time, but I feel it's subconscious talking, or I think is talking back. It's absolutely a million miles from 30 years ago when I knew 100% it was her. I felt her presence all the time, the random goosebumps like when someone softly blows on you. I haven't had that feeling for again many many years now. I do keep intending to book a good spiritualist, but with the internet these days, I'd never be 100% I haven't been looked up, but there are some good ones who tell you to book in a false name, so maybe that's an idea. The best ones are booked up for up to 12 months in advance, so I know it's not going to be anytime soon. I've also lost my mum, gran, my daughter, and two uncles and one auntie since I last went to a spiritualist church. But I don't think I've ever felt my mum who died in November 2012 or my gran who in later life we were inseparable. Whatever my gran wanted, I made sure it happened. She didn't want to go into a care home, so I kept her out despite my mum being her next of kin. When she went into hospital, I stayed up away from my home for over three months and visited her every day. That's how close we were. Maybe I've just lost the gift, or I've upset them somehow. Or they can't travel any sort of distance. I don't know, I'm not an expert and I live four hours away 250 miles one way. I think it's important I tell this too, so I am not trying to kid anyone in still saying I'm in contact with Lisa or this happens or that happens. Apart from the slipper in our current house, nothing has ever happened, or I don't think anything else has. But that bloody slipper is a mystery. Wifey thinks other things have disappeared and then they are there again, but that didn't involve me, so it's not included. Dive into the chilling abyss of real-life hauntings on Charlie's Chills podcast exclusively on YouTube. Join us for eerie tales from the internet and our listeners. Search in YouTube for, at C-H-A-R-L-I-E-S-C-H-I-L-L-S, I repeat, at C-H-A-R-L-I-E-S-C-H-I-L-L-S, subscribe and embrace the darkness that awaits.